Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. Nurse Heather brings her eternal optimism and professional expertise to the stories of the day, discussing current topics and events, making life's lemons into sweet lemonade, and sharing a tall glass with guests, friends, and her listeners. CannabisRadio.com is happy to present Good News with Nurse Heather, the show infused with compassion and love. From high atop Mount Soldad in beautiful San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level, good morning. This is Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather. I'm Canna Kenny, and today on our show we have a very special guest, Marcus Richardson, also known as Bubble Man. He's the Billy Graham of Hash Church and a legend in our industry. Nurse Heather? Ah, thank you, Canna Kenny, and welcome, Good News listeners. Kenny, I adore our guest today. He extracts trikes of excitement from all of his buds and fans. I am honored to share the air with a legend. It isn't our first time that we've taken up space together, and I want to thank you, Marcus, for joining us today to share your good news with all of our listeners. Well, thanks for having me, both of you guys. I much appreciate the beautiful introduction, Kenny and Heather. I never really think of myself as a legend, but I am absolutely inspired to share this exceptional vibration that the plant cannabis has shown me. So uh, I do that through my extracting. Yeah, you know, I'm wondering how many of our listeners have ever made bubble hash And out of those, I wonder how many have used bubble bags to extract the fine kind. Marcus, you have a long and vast history in the world of hemp and cannabis. Can you give our listeners a short history lesson on how you became known to the world as Bubble Man? Well, absolutely. You know, I think it started when I was 14 years old and my good friend Steve McAvoy, a fellow hockey player, turned me on to my first cannabis joint. And from then on, it seemed to be this education that I was partaking in, often without even knowing that I was partaking in it. And I think the fact that I chose to avoid alcohol and tobacco and a lot of the other drugs of choice that were going on in the high school time of my life at this point, avoiding those really gave me a clear perspective, a real clear line of sight to what I wanted to do in my life and what my interests were. And of course, I was living in the prairies at the time in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where we have millions of farmable land. And all of our farmers were going bankrupt. And it really took just a simple introduction to Jack Herrera and Jack Herrera's book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, which was that was our Bible at the time. We, we pulled out all the information we could from that. And within a very short time, thanks to Jack and all the incredible work that he did, I mean, really talk about standing on the shoulder of giants. We were able to get hemp grown in our province of Manitoba for the first time in almost 75 years. That was a really big step. It really the beginning of my history in all of this from smoking to instead of doing what most people were doing at the time, which was really sort of turning off, I found that the smoking really turned me on. And the few guys that I linked up with, my original partners, we were able to make things happen in a very short period of time. And, you know, hemp hemp is still being grown in our province since those days. This was in 1994. 
95 that we got our first license and in 92, 93 when we actually started the hemp activism. So a fairly short road to travel for how long. Once again, it goes back to standing on the shoulders of giants. Without the giants that came ahead of us, this work would have never been possible. Wow, you are the real deal, my friend. And you've been ahead of the pack for years as well. Standing on the shoulders of giants, I I love that. You've developed high-quality extraction tools and cutting-edge techniques. In addition, you also provide a place for extract artists and enthusiasts to come together and congregate on a weekly basis to share ideas and radical openness. Uh, Amen, brother. Amen. This meeting is held on Sunday morning, and people from all over the world tune in weekly to hear the good word from you, Brother Bubble Man, and your quorum of highly intelligent friends and colleagues. I really enjoyed spending last Sunday morning dropping knowledge with you, gentlemen. Can you tell our Good News listeners about Hash Church and how this incredible educational platform came to be? Absolutely, Heather. And first of all, I wanted to thank you for uh, making an appearance, a wonderful appearance, and really sharing knowledge. You fit right in with the whole scheme of things of how it works in being able to intelligently articulate the points at hand. And really, that process allows the majority of people to see the light. And so I wanted to thank you for coming on and to tell you how Hash Church started. It started basically almost a year ago, 48 episodes we've done. We do it once a week, so at 52, we'll be at a year. And I was basically playing around on my YouTube channel, and my traction had been growing, and I was you know, getting four or 500,000 people watching my channel every, every month, which was many, many millions of minutes and likes and comments and all these things. And the metrics were there, and I thought to myself, how could I take my traction, the traction that I've built and share it with the world. Because I just thought so many people are building traction and sharing it with themselves. They're just so happy to promote themselves. I thought, what would be a great way to be able to share the traction with everyone? And one day I got an email from YouTube saying, you are now able to stream live. And I I looked into it and I thought, what's this all about? And it was a Sunday I got that email. And I went through it and I read a little bit and I got it all set up. And I basically went live that Sunday. And when I had my gallery back in 2004 and 5, 2003, 4 and 5 on Commercial Drive, it was called the Melting Point Gallery, well known for a glass show called Degenerate Art that we threw there back in 2004. And that actually predated Marble Slinger, the glassblower's documentary, Degenerate Art. My friend had a restaurant across the street called Rhyme, and we used to go over there for church, and it was a smoking church. It was a gathering of minds. We would make hash. We would smoke hash. We would consume cannabis. There was cannabis growing there on the deck. It was all about cannabis, and it was really all about sharing your time with like-minded, awesome people. And so that memory really stuck with me that Sunday. I was raised Catholic and went to Sunday school as a young boy. And so those two things from my history really came together in that moment. And I just punched into the keyboard, Hash Church. And that was the birth of Hash Church. Amen, brother. In fact, when in your growing up, maybe around third or fourth grade, Marcus, that you first realized that someday you'd be compared to Billy Graham. I love that comparison. That was quite hilarious. And it's also funny when you go on to Hash Church, all of the videos that YouTube suggests that you should watch are Billy Graham style like preachers and like Christian church people that are. So it's kind of a funny thing just from the name that I chose. I have put myself in this sort of lot with with the rest of these preachers. But I think one difference is that we're really trying to preach the truth. 
We're not really trying to tell people that we know any better. We, the whole point on radical openness is understanding that we are as well learning. And it's why I really try to stay away from, you know, that we're above anyone else, that we're, you know, the kings or the legends or the, the bosses or whatever people like to put us up on that pedestal. I always like to say, listen, we are as fallible as anyone. In fact, maybe even a little bit more. So just come and share the conversation with us. Anything that anyone can say can open up the door and can and can really lead to what Heather mentioned earlier, this radical openness. And the truth shall set you free, brother. Exactly. And the cannabis truth is an incredible truth to have on your side, whether you're educating, whether you're in a debate, whether you're trying to really show a perspective. Cannabis truth is, I've never had a stronger truth on my side in my entire life. Amen, brother. Well, we're up against our break. We'll be back with good news with cannabis nurse Heather and our very special guest, the amazing Marcus Richardson, also known as Bubble Man. We'll see you around the break. Good news with nurse Heather will return. But first, let's show some love to our sponsors. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back, beautiful listeners. This is Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather. I'm Canna Kenny. And on our show today, we have the amazing Bubble Man, also known as Marcus Richardson, the Billy Graham of the cannabis world. Nurse Heather, 
Thank you, Kenna Kinney. We're blessed to be talking with the godfather of Hash Church, you call Billy Graham of the cannabis world, the creator of Bubble Bags and one of the biggest names in cannabis extraction. Marcus, you, Kenna Kinney and I, had the opportunity last week to participate in the Cannabis Economy Conference that was held in Vancouver, British Columbia. We, we got to actually come to where you were. It was very fun. This event was very unique. And I said on Hash Church that you were the first person that I felt drawn toward at this event. And I want to thank you again for being present and offering such a fantastic perspective to that community of people that were there. And you added a lot to that conversation. I'd like to chat a little bit about the conference. And I'm curious to know, what were your favorite parts of the conference and what did you learn? Well, those are both great questions. I, I really enjoyed the conference, and I, I'm I'm one thing you have to know about me is that I I really speak my mind. I'll never say that I like something if I don't like it. I particularly won't say I like something if someone paid me to say I like it. So my opinion is really truthful and honest. And I really was impressed with that conference. And keep in mind, I've been going to cannabis gatherings for about 25 years. I've been to most of the cannabis cups and the tokers bowls and all of these different events that happen all over the world. I've been to them in at least 10 different countries. And I was really impressed for a variety of reasons with this particular conference. I loved the way it was set up. I loved the way the panelists were talking and engaging with a host and the purpose of the host and the panelists was to come up with discussion and questions that could be projected towards the round tables. I thought that was also a really classy and brilliant way of doing a sponsorship. A company could sponsor a table, a table with seven to eight people sitting around it. And what that would mean really is that you know, your company would get mentioned each time and maybe the person from that company would stand up with the microphone to engage back with the panelists and the rest of the group to show you how their particular group grappled the questions. And I love that idea of radical openness. Once again, it's a think tank at a conference and it's many think tanks because I think there had to be about 10 tables at the conference. So really impressed with the whole setup, the way they did things. And the way they did it in an environment that we would not normally be in at the Four Seasons on the rooftop patio, this was really classy, but they didn't just stay with one foot in that world, which is the policymakers, the senators, the LPs. Those are the people that are comfortable in that world. The rest of us who come from this sort of black market aspect, the dispensaries, the, the people practicing civil disobedience... It was new for us to be there, but they still welcomed us by taking everyone the next day to Cannabis Culture Headquarters. And Mark Emery is, he's a very interesting character in all of this. And I thought that it was very unique that they weren't afraid to line themselves up with Mark and his space and bring everyone to a place where suddenly now we're in a room. And I heard a lot of people say it at the beginning how, oh, this would have been an amazing conference if we could have been actively using cannabis while it was going on. Well, it was, and it did, and we did, literally 24 hours later from the first event at the Four Seasons. So all around, I have to say, I really liked it. I think my favorite part was that they were posing questions to the tables and that the tables, which were comprised of dispensary owners, people like Nurse Heather, Kenny was in the house at my table. I thought, Ken, you did an exceptional job of representing the table. I was only at it for the first two roundtable discussions, but every time you stood up and you spoke, I knew that good things were going to come out of your mouth. So I, I wanted to thank you for that as well. 
Oh, man, that's just wonderful coming from you. I, I had a sort of a two-part question, a little bit different. If it don't bubble, it ain't worth the trouble. And uh, I'm sure you've heard those words before. Number one, could you sort of explain the concept behind that? And number two, could you, you know, sort of tell us and explain to us whether you're concerned at all about corrupting young minds by using the word ain't? By using the word? Ain't. Ain't. Oh, yes. Okay, wonderful. Well, you know what? It's really more of a props to my mentor and to one of the people that I, anytime someone calls me a legend or the, the king or the star or the man or the, I, I always just feel like really I, I'm just a student in all of this. I have so much to learn and the more that I learn, the less that I know. So it's a real sort of dichotomous situation I've got myself into. But if it don't bubble, it ain't worth the trouble. When was the first time I heard this? It was 1995, and I was lucky enough to be at the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam. And I was lucky enough to meet a gentleman by the name of Robert Connell Clark. And I was very inspired to meet him because I knew he was the author of Marijuana Botany, a book that really transcended cannabis growing to a level of, of university rather than uh, closet grow. And so Rob smoked this bowl uh, with me, and he said, as it dripped down the downstem of the bong, he said, if it don't bubble, it ain't worth the trouble. Several years fast forward, 1999, I come out with my company, Fresh Headies. I'm representing water extraction. We are the second water extraction bag to hit the market, but we're really the first to innovate and take that two-bag system into a three, four, five, six, seven, and eventually an eight-bag system with higher quality materials and whatnot. I knew that the original guy, the me my mentor, the guy that who I, I will say in 1999 had not really been the, the mentor that he was going to become because we really hadn't met. I just had been very inspired. And the gentleman I'm talking about is Skunkman Sam, who is, of course, a very longtime friend of, of Rob Clark. And it was back I found that the hash was actually Skunkman Sam's that was dripping down the stem. So Skunkman Sam, years and years and years ago, came up with this saying. I mean, I, I don't even know what year it was. It could have been in the 1980s. He's been smoking melty hash for that long. If it don't bubble, it ain't worth the trouble. And I really wanted to make that the slogan almost of my company because not only that I thought it was a really cool statement, but I thought it was paying homage to a man that deserved to have homage paid to him. And it was only about a couple of months before he saw it and he emailed me and he emailed me from an email address that wouldn't have given up who he was. And he said, where did you get that sentence from? Where did you get that slogan? And I told him the story. I said, I heard, first heard it from Rob Clark. I know exactly that it belongs to Skunk Man Sam. And I give props all the time. And he wrote me back saying, well, I am Skunk Man Sam. And of course, I said, if you want, I'll stop using that, that slogan immediately. And of course, he did not want that because he's really not that kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that is a cannabis warrior that has done so much good for cannabis that most will never know. So any chance that I get to mention his name, the Skunk Man Sam, any chance I get to give him props, I absolutely take that chance. Well, props to you and... If anybody's interested, it's freshheadies.com. That's one way to products. And I also noticed that you have some T-shirts and other things like that. And so Nurse Heather and I would like to suggest to you our co-produced product line of the Fresh Headies hoodies. We didn't notice any hoodies on there, so you might take that into account. The Fresh Headies hoodies. Beautiful. Absolutely. We need hoodies for sure. Up there in Canada, you definitely need the Fresh Headies hoodies, right, Kenny? 
<laughs> yes, yes. It was actually beautiful when we were there, though. Wonderful weather, beautiful people, great city there in Vancouver. Can't wait to come back and talk to you a little bit more, Bubble Man, about terpenes and extraction of terpenes when we come back from our break. We'll be back shortly, our beautiful listeners, with cannabis nurse Heather and Good News and our very special guest, Marcus Richardson, Bubble Man. Good News with Nurse Heather will return, but first, let's show some love to our sponsors. Hurry, it's temperature is shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never before heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back, beautiful listeners. This is Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather, and this is Canna Kenny, and we have our special guest, Bubble Man, a.k.a. Marcus Richardson. Take it away, Nurse Heather. Thank you, Kenny. Oh, this has been such a fun show. You know, I wanted to tell you, I want to talk a little bit about terpenes, because I've mentioned before, as a home health nurse, I used to carry my aromatherapy oils with me in my nursing bag, and I would use various aromas to assist my patients. I think it's time for a little terp talk here on the Good News Show, and we're finding that not only cannabinoids in cannabis have therapeutic properties, but also the other components of the plant, including these terpenes, flavonoids, and things that we quite frankly just don't know about yet. Marcus, what can you tell us about terpenes in regards to the various extraction processes that are currently being used? Well, that's actually a really good question. Terpenes are, of course, extremely volatile compounds. There are a variety of terpenes and terpenoids, and then they come in monoterpenes, and they come in sesquiterpenes, and all that really means is that, you know, the mono are going to be a smaller, lighter terpene, and the sesquiterpenine, caryophylline, they're going to be heavier, they have bigger molecules, 
And so the terpenes are very important in the sense that they evaporate at room temperature. They even evaporate at colder than sometimes what a normal room temperature would be. You can smell them in the air. And this shows that any type of extraction process whatsoever is going to have an effect on the terpenes. And it's why you have guys like Tony Verzura and Horatio Delbert and Kenny Morrow, K from Trichomes Technologies. They know the importance of this work right now. They know the importance of capturing not only terpenes that might be tr uh, captured in an extraction process, but now they've taken it a step further because of, of course, the importance of terpenes that we've learned in the last decade is that they do indeed modulate the effects of cannabinoids. They can change the direction, if you will, of the medicinal aspect of that cannabinoid and how it's giving you that effect. And we're not exactly sure how it's happening. Once again, Skunkman Sam on the boat way earlier than anyone else. It was over 10 years ago that I was at his house and he was showing me pure terpenes. He had a variety of them, maybe 10 different terpenes. And he had pure CBD and CBN and CBG and THC. He had all of these pure compounds. And you would literally be able to bioassay by taking a pure THC which I've also done with Horatio, a THCA that he extracted, taking it off of, uh, say, just the bioassay of inhalation of vapor. And then it's very one-sided. It's very one-dimensional when you extract a single simitine to it. Completely changes the direction. And I can see that aromatherapy has that ability to lift the spirit, to get people. It's not really a high, but it is a, a lifted spirit. And cannabis terpenes are definitely no different in that sense, other than the fact that they also have this incredible ability to modulate. So when we're extracting, we have to be very, very careful. We leave footprints no matter how we extract, whether we use sifting screens, whether we use wet washing like bubble bags, whether we use hydrocarbons like butane or a hydrocarbon like D-limonene, you are obviously going to be changing the chemical compound of those terpenes. So it'll be interesting to see the next five to 10 years, the scientific work that gets done and uh, the broader understanding that begins to be shown. So in Marcus, here in California, there getting ready to adopt a new, what they call AB 266, which would be a regulated medical cannabis program. And they'll be offering two manufacturing licenses, a type six or type seven, with one manufacturing level one that's using non-volatile solvents. And the type or level two would be using volatile solvents. Can you give us your take, if you have one, on you know which would comprise the former, which would comprise the latter, and if there is a reason for that distinction? Well, I think the reason for the distinction that they're going for is that the hydrocarbons, the potentially dangerous gases, they have more danger available to them in the sense of blowing up or people doing it improperly, people not being a chemist and doing it, people not having degrees or labs, but doing it on, on levels that are maybe not as safe as they possibly can be. But then you can quickly flip that coin and you can see that water hash done improperly, dried improperly, allows for microbial contents to rise beyond anything that any unhealthy person would want to intake or even a healthy person for that matter. So it gets back to this. We have to listen and pay attention to these footprints that we are leaving behind in any and all extraction processes. Now for me... There probably should be different standards in the sense of someone using a dangerous volatile gas like butane may want to have 
things set in place that make sure, like forced safety regulations, standardizations that make sure that he can't go out into his backyard or into his basement and just spray cans of butane. These should be tanks of butane that are being ordered, that are being potentially even filtered. We've talked about this on Hash Church. And the problem with a lot of these gases, whether it be CO2, propane, butane, there's machinery, oils, lubrications that are used, rust inhibitors that are used in that industry no matter what grade you're purchasing. So the contamination comes from the nozzle and the edges of these tanks and pipes that get set up to one another. So you end up with these contaminants that you would otherwise not have. And I think in this world that we're in right now, when we take things from the level of dispensary, and I'm not slagging dispensaries at all. They're unbelievably and incredibly important, but they are not forced to have nutraceutical or pharmaceutical standardization set in place to protect the end user. And so I think that that will come down the line. And I think it'll be an okay thing. You know, the fact that someone's paying for a really clean quality medicine and there's profit being made and people say, well, maybe that profit shouldn't be allowed. Well, if there are incredibly difficult standards set in place to make sure and protect the end user, then I don't think that that's a problem. I think that making money off of cannabis prohibition where people are you know, going to jail, that, that's something we need to move away from and, and move into a more positive profit margin for cannabis. Yes, sir. Amen, yeah. brother. Amen. Amen, brother. Preach it. So, you know, I wanted to uh, talk about the end user here. And your friend, my new crush, Horatio, he brought us a celebratory gift on the last day of the Cannabis Economy Conference. And it was something I'd never heard of or thought about, quite frankly. Terp Champagne. And it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. It was an incredible experience for the taste buds and the olfactory senses. And these little terp bubbles were bursting inside of our mouths. And we were just mmming and awing and ecstasy and bliss. And as I've said before, you heard me say it. It was so good, I didn't want to swallow. And um, Amen, so amen. <laughs> Speak eventually the truth. I swallowed. <laughs> but do, do, do you see the kind of a product going mainstream eventually? This is a hot product. Talk to us about Terp Champagne. Absolutely. The first time I saw Terp Champagne is, of course, the first time Horatio invited me into his inner sanctum to fill for Bubble Man's world. The video is called Horatio's Inner Sanctum on YouTube. And he basically started the video off with this unique concept that he had come up with based on the terpenes that he had extracted several weeks prior, just trying to figure out he's got such a unique mind. He's really a wonderful person in that sense that he's, he's so far out of the box that uh, it's just quite enjoyable to sit and chat with him. And a lot of the chats that we've had over the course of the last several months have sort of led him down this road of terpene extraction and THCA and, and trying to get things fractionized into their you know into their fractions so unlike most people that just produce the terpenes and add them back to hash Horatio's mind immediately started you know spinning and spinning and he ended up on YouTube and he was looking up videos of carbonated water and how you infuse carbonated water and he came up with an absolutely it I, I told him recently that this is an absolute mainstream product I absolutely could see days where we are all, all gathered and we are literally doing, you know, terp testing. And you have 
12 varieties of terpenes that have been infused into either carbonated water or I think that he will come up with a variety of new things to put it in, whether it's just water or what it is. But the carbonated water is such a beautiful experience when it's got the terpenes. It acts as a wonderful carrier into that back membrane. The terpenes get in and really satiate your entire being. And it is quite something. We only tried one flavor. Can you imagine sitting at a taste testing and doing a dozen? Oh my gosh, it sounds amazing. That was an amazing experience. This has been an amazing experience. Thank you so much, Bubble Man, Marcus, for sharing your good news with us today. Kenny, we have to go and I'm sad. We're sad, but we'll come back soon. And we can't wait to see you, Marcus, down here, hopefully in San Diego at some time in the near future. You've been amazing. The Reverend of Hash Church. Check him out uh, on his website as previously announced, the freshheadies.com. We have had a wonderful session with you. This is Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather. I'm Canna Kenny. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Good News with Nurse Heather. You can download past episodes of our program by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes. Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google Plus. See you soon, beautiful listeners. Blessed love. on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.